You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kyle Trozen. For more information about other LifePoint Church resources, please visit www.livethemessage.org. We are going to we're going to have crowd participation. Surprise. My wife does not like crowd participation. She's actually shaking her head, so I'm not even looking that way. I don't want to be discouraged. So, Tara, this is for you as well. But before we start, before we start, I want to just honor uh, some guests that are here this morning. A couple of mentors in Tara and I's lives and people that we look up to and how they've raised their families and how they've served the Lord in the marketplace. Um, It's just an honor to have them. Dean and Bonnie Meyer sitting right next to my wife, Tara. Would you just wave your hands? I know they wouldn't want recognition. That's actually Drew's parents. Uh, but we love them a lot, and I got to give honor where it's due. They just mean so much to us, and we're thankful that they're here uh, this week. So, I'm excited. We're going to be talking about the presence of God this morning. For those of you who've been here the last couple weeks, Drew brought us into a series called The Presence. The heart behind this series is the presence of God is a central part of the gospel. God wants his people to dwell with him. God is omnipresent, but he also wants to be known by us. From beginning to end, God is restoring his dwelling with his people. Therefore, we need to recognize the role of his presence in each of our lives daily. We can't change our past, but his presence today can change our now. We can't guarantee our tomorrow, but his presence now can define how you and I face tomorrow. That's the reality of the presence of God in our lives as far as a Christ. Now, if you're following Christ this morning, I believe God has some encouraging things for each of you. And if you're not following Christ this morning, I'm glad you're here as well because I believe this morning is your morning I believe God is saying today is the day of salvation for you if you're here this morning and are not following Christ. Because of the reality of his presence. See, when you encounter the reality of God's presence in your life for yourself and you realize that the creator of heaven and earth wants you to know him, it changes everything. So here's where crowd participation comes in. I'm asking you guys a question. I want you to think about it for a second, all right? And I'm just going to lay out some ground rules for participation, all right? These are Kyle Trozen's ground rules for successful Sunday morning services. <laughs> Wrote a book on it in 1984. <laughs> but I just want your, like, 10-second answer, and I'm going to call on a couple people. Paul talks about order in the church, so let's not get chaotic, all right? First, I'm just joking. That was a joke. Um, but what I want you to do is I want a couple people to share what this means, what I'm going to ask you in just a moment here. What does the phrase, the presence of God, mean to you? So when you hear us talking about the presence of God, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you personally? I'm not talking about the theological definition or what the Bible says or what Webster's Dictionary says. But when you yourself think about the presence of God, what does that mean to you? Just the 10-second, the one-sentence version. Anyone? Raise your hand so I can see if you're going to shout it. I want some crowd participation. Family of God, let's have some fun with this. What does that mean to you? Matt? Never alone. That's good. I love that. Very personal. What else? He broke the ice. 
John. That's good. That's really good. Thank you, John. Anyone else? Yes, Michael. That's good. What I love about those answers are they're very personal to each of you. It's not one right answer I'm looking for, but each of you has a personal definition of what the presence of God means to you. And we obviously know there's a theological backing for what that means. But the reason I ask that question is because depending on what the presence of God means to you will depend on how you respond. So if I have a negative view of God, if I have a negative view of the presence of God in my life, my response to that question I just asked would probably not be favorable, right? Which is okay. Some of us are at that point. That's the reality of life. But when you've encountered the presence of God for yourself, and you see God for who he is in Scripture, and you know of his goodness, that question means something to you very personally, personally, excuse me, just like the individuals just shared. Drew, Pastor Drew, defined the presence of God as the dominating reality of the rule of Jesus in a person or a place. The dominating reality of the rule of Jesus in a person or a place. The first time I remember encountering the presence of God was September in 2004 at a Chi Alpha retreat. Many of you know my story. I had invited Jesus into my heart prior to the age of 21, like 72 times. I was, you know, called myself a Christian, but by no means was I following him. By no means did I have an, a true encounter with God. I was just not ready to give up all the things I was following. I wasn't ready to truly follow him and lay aside the other things I was following. So at the age of 21, at a fall retreat, I was ready. There was nothing special about the fall retreat other than that was my time. I'd, I'd had enough of everything I was chasing after. And so when I came forward to receive Christ, I encountered his presence. And I remember just going off to the side, laying on the floor. And for two hours, I wept. Not because I weep a lot and not because I was sad, but because for the first time, 21 years later, I encountered the presence of God. And it was like joyful weeping, if any of you know what I'm talking about, right? Some of you have been there. I remember just laying there for like two hours just weeping, just feeling the joy of God's presence, the tangible love of God for the first time. It wasn't just theory or head knowledge. It wasn't just something my pastor told me or even something I read. I encountered Jesus. And as I lay there, I remember he laid out three things for me that I had to be willing to give up because I was following those things and not him. And in any other time of my life, I wouldn't have been ready to give those things up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Any of you have been there? It's like, I wasn't ready for that. But at that moment, because of his presence, it meant so much to me. It was so personal. I finally understood what the scripture was talking about. And I was like, I'll give up anything, God. I can see why following you now makes more sense than following these three things that were dominating my energy, my thoughts, my time, my pursuits. I remember thinking, wow, the creator of heaven and earth wants me to know him. Not the creator of heaven and earth wants to know me. Because the truth of scripture is he knows all of us. He can't know any of us anymore. Before we were born, 
He knew everything about us. He knew our destinies. He knows a very number of hairs on our head. That's how well he knows us. And for some of us, like myself, it doesn't take a lot of counting for God to count our hairs. But for some of you, it's a big deal. So it gives us hope. But for me, he's like seven, eight, nine, ten. Heather knows she used to cut my hair, but I stopped going to her because I just don't have enough to cut anymore. Sorry, Heather, I hope that didn't sufficiently hurt your income for the family. But the creator of heaven and earth wanted me to know him. And that finally meant something to me. It finally meant something so that I would actually move and take action to do something about my faith. You see, as followers of Christ, we have something that those who don't follow Christ do not have. And no one else in the world can have unless they choose to follow Christ. And that's relational access to Father God. Relational access to Father God. See, what I mean by that is, is when we decide to follow Christ, we are given permission to access our Father, our Heavenly Father. An example of that would be like my kids, tyrannized kids. Because they're my children, they have a type of access that no one else in this room could ever have. Not because I don't love you guys, and I love spending time with you guys, but my children have more access than anyone here will ever have, right? Just like with you guys and your children, if you have children, you give them an access that no one else has. And did you know, when we follow Christ, we're given that access to the creator of heaven and earth. That should mean something to us. I want to ask you a question. And I'm speaking from my own life, so I'm with you, is why aren't we accessing God's presence daily? Let me, let me say it again. Why aren't some of us accessing the presence that's made available, available to us daily? I want you to think about that for a second. That's not a condemning thing. I'm not saying, woe is you, because I'm with you. There's times where days go by, and I'm like, wow, God, I haven't just sat in your presence. I haven't just enjoyed your presence like that day in 2004, where I just wept because of your goodness in my life. Why is it that we don't access that presence that's bought and paid for for each of us? And to be clear, God is always present. So when you hear about the presence of God, and Pastor Drew has talked about us, did you know that we don't ever have to muster up like a certain prayer energy to say, God, be with us today. Come into this church building, be with us. Did you know that God is always tuned in? That the presence of God is here with us because we're carriers of God's presence, the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's always tuned in. He's always waiting to answer. He's always waiting for us. An example of that would be, just to make it super clear, is like an AM, AM, FM radio. Most of our cars still have some sort of ability to use that, right? But you guys remember growing up when we had the AM, FM radios, and if you're trying to tune into like Paul Harvey, some of you don't even know that name, uh, but let's just say your favorite radio station, right? <laughs> you're tuning it in, it's kind of foggy or scratchy, and you finally get it, you raise your antenna, you put it at a certain part in your room, you're like, yes, I can listen to XL93. That was our radio station growing up in Grand Forks, North Dakota, but the reality of it was that radio station had been playing all day long. That music on XL93 had been playing regardless if I was tuning in. It was still playing. It was just waiting for me to enjoy it. 
And so when I tuned into it, I could start enjoying what was already present, what was already waiting for me. And that's how God's presence is for you and I. Isn't that cool? He is just waiting for you and I to tune in. There's nothing that he is doing that's standing in the way of you tuning into him. Usually it's stuff in our lives that's keeping us from tuning in. And so I'm going to ask you a hard question. This is, this is for me too. Why is it that we wait for retreats or conferences or a Sunday morning? Ouch, Kyle. This is Sunday morning. You're preaching. I know. Or a Tuesday night, Kai Alpha service. Why is it that we wait to experience God's presence in those times, but we don't access the 24-7, you know, the other seven, six days a week? Why is it that we're not accessing God the other six days a week or the other times of the year when he's saying, what you're encountering at a retreat, I can make available to you now here in your living room or in your bedroom. Or instead of a Tuesday night, in your dorm. Now hear me out. I love retreats. We believe in them. That's why we, we, we do them with our students. I believe in conferences. That's why this church puts on a, a conference every year for women and men. I guess both. <laughs> That's very serious. Men and women. I believe in Sunday mornings. I believe in Tuesday nights because it's a time to celebrate, right? And you guys hear that a lot. It's our time to come together as a family in busy weeks to celebrate. So there's absolute purpose for what we do here. But if we're waiting for those moments to encounter God, we're missing out on the best that he has for us during the week. And we can't go six days without his presence, I'm telling you. I'm in the trenches with you guys. I'm telling you, if I don't access his presence for more than a day or actually more than a day, but sometimes I'll go more if I'm being totally honest. And it's like, I can't do it. It's discouraging. I'm not as good of a husband. I'm not as patient. I'm not as patient with my kids. I'm not as intentional with my family. I just literally notice myself falling apart when I don't access his presence on a regular basis. So this morning, what I want us to take away, and I want you to write down, if you have something to write down or put it in your phone, but it's the presence of God has the power to change our lives today. Not just yesterday, not a week from now, not wait until next Sunday, but the presence of God has the power to change our lives today. Can I tell you that's really good news for me? I know it's good news for you, but I have to be honest. That's really good news for me because life is tough. Anyone with me? Anyone just understand what that means? I find that the older I get, the more life seems complicated. Does anyone get, like, is anyone with me? I feel like when I was in high school and college, and no offense, college students, you're awesome, and I was in the same place as you, but I felt like when I was in college, I was like, man, this is just so easy. It's just fun. I hang out. I think about marrying someone, and I get a job where I start making money instead of spending it, and I'm with you guys. I've been there. I'm not making fun of you, but it's just the older I get, the more responsibilities you have, and the more of life's realities hit you, the more you realize how vast our world is and how our families have issues and our kids have issues and we have issues. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And how desperate I am for the power of God to invade my day today. How my marriage, I need the power of God to be there today for my marriage and for my kids and for my extended family members, for all the issues that the Trozen family has and, and the Thompson family, which is Tara's family. I'm desperate for it, guys. I can't do it on my own. We can't do it on our own. So I want to take a few minutes to bring us on a quick journey of why the Holy Spirit matters in our lives daily. 
So if you've been walking for Christ for a while, you understand that when Jesus came to planet Earth some 2,000 years ago, he made a new way for you and I. For those who chose to follow Christ, he says, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave this earth. They wanted him to stay. They wanted him to rule on earth. They wanted him to be a physical king over Israel. And he said, it's better that I leave so I can send my spirit to you because Jesus couldn't be in all places at one time, right? He was, even though he was God, incarnate man, he could not physically be everywhere. So he says, better that I leave and send my spirit to you so that he can dwell among you individually and not just reside in a temple, a physical building, but rather now he can be with each and every one of you and go with you where you go. So 1 Corinthians says, do you not know that your body is a temple of this Holy Spirit? Let me start over. Too much coffee. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you've, whom you've received from God? As followers of Christ, we are God's temple now. It's not, a, it's not this church, this building. If it were burned down tomorrow, it would stink because it would be cold. But praise the Lord, the church isn't confined to a building, right? The Holy Spirit resides in us as believers. And so where you and I go, we are carriers of his presence. We don't ever have to muster up and be like, God, be in this building when we come together and worship. It's just like, I'm already in you. You just let me out. I'll do my thing. Just let me out. Be proud of me. <laughs> Share me. You know, let's, it's not about the building. So we understand that as far as Christ, we get to carry the presence of God, which is really, really, really meaningful and it should matter it should hold it should have a weight to it not like a condemning weight but like a significant weight of like wow god you're entrusting me with something really big it's like my child god bless you if i thought of the most meaningful possession that i own in my life right now and i'm not talking a value like monetary but just the most meaningful to me Set aside spiritual things so you don't hear me wrong here and you think I'm a terrible human being. But you know like the heirloom stuff that you want to pass down to your kids? It just means something to you, right? That'd probably be my bow or a gun. <laughs> okay, right? Just being honest, like something of like value, something like when I die, I want my kid to have this. And I'm not I'm setting aside spiritual stuff, so don't think I'm a terrible human being. But I would love to pass down like my bow and arrow or, or my bow or a gun to my kids, right? That pales in comparison to the gift God's given us, but I want you to kind of think of that. God, if I give my gun to Jimmy, who's at the age of seven, I'm entrusting him with a lot, right? First of all, that gun's dangerous if you don't know how to use it properly, right? You have to understand how to handle that gun. And that gun has a lot of value to me. So if he takes that gun, even if it's unloaded, and he starts banging around, scratching up my, my gun, it's, it's like, that's my gun, dude. That's a lot of value to me. Well, the same could be said about God entrusting his Holy Spirit to us Yes, that's a terrible comparison to a, a gun made by man, but you understand the concept. He's entrusting the most valuable thing to us. And that needs to mean something to us. It needs to mean something to me, enough to make me dwell in his presence and spend time in his presence. Romans 8, 11 says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. I'm going to reread that. I want you just to think about that for a second. I'm going to reread that and I'm going to put God's name where it says he. And if the spirit of God, sorry, if the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, 
God, who raised Christ from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies because of God's Spirit who lives in you. Did you know the same Spirit that raised Christ from death, from the grave, lives in us? Do you realize how powerful that is? Like, if we think about that, the same Excuse me. Same spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives in you and I. That is a great privilege. Why? Because it has the power to change our lives today. And all of us have issues. And God's heart is not that we would just be, you know, far removed from him. And it's like, oh, you're my followers now. Great. You're like my robot army who just does whatever I want it to do. Just be obedient and don't talk to me. No, he's saying, I want you in my presence daily. What I have for you is life-changing. What I have for you is good. What I have for you is better than the dreams that you're pursuing or that dream job or that dream girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife, whatever. Like, that's fine. But what I have for you is better than that. Just like me, 14 years ago, I realized that everything that I thought was top-notch in my life paled in comparison to God's presence. And the presence of God means the power to change our present circumstances. And can I get an amen if there's anyone in this room who needs the power of God to change some present circumstances? Amen. Yeah, me too. I'm literally walking through things right now that I'm like, God, I don't have a clue how this is going to change unless you do a miracle. See, the presence of God is what differentiates relationship with Jesus to religion. Let me say that again. The presence of God is what differentiates our relationship with Jesus to religion. If we're not accessing God's presence, guys, on a regular basis, what's the point? We're just trying to do it alone and putting a stamp of Christianity on our forehead saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. But man, I don't want to be a Christian alone. I don't want to do it on my own merit. I, I tried doing that for so many years before I gave my heart to Jesus and it didn't work. I was just constantly alone and constantly incapable of overcoming sin issues, overcoming depression, loneliness, comparison, you name it. The outside, I looked really good. That's why Tara married me. Just got to throw those out there from the front once in a while. Keep the marriage going. Just kidding. But on the inside, I was totally broken, and I needed the power of God to do something about it. And guys, this morning, his presence is the answer to our circumstances. I want you to take a moment and think, and this is kind of just between you and God, but I want you to take a moment and just think about the present circumstances that you're facing that on your own you cannot overcome. Or that if God doesn't show up, you're not going to make it. And I don't say that lightly because I have a present circumstance in my life that I desperately need God to show up for. I'm, I can't be any more serious. So what's keeping us from experiencing his presence daily? What's keeping us from it, guys? The Bible is very clear, James 4, 8, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. He's tuned in. 
He's just waiting for us to tune in, okay? If you don't know Jesus, what's keeping you from him is a relationship. And that's cool because that's all you have to do is say, God, I'm going to start following you instead of following my own ways. So that's totally made available to each of us this morning. There's nothing that's keeping us from encountering God unless we allow it to. Does that make sense? So crowd participation time. I want you to throw out some things that are keeping us from God. Now, you don't have to share something super personal. It's awkward. But things that you've encountered in your life that have kept you from encountering God's presence daily. Just some quick thoughts. Let's just throw them out there. What are some things that keep us from encountering God? Fear. Really good. Thank you, Steve. Comfort? Yes. Busyness? Yes. Social media? Praise the Lord. <laughs> For those of you who know, I love social media. Anyone else? Yeah, that's really good. Been down that road. I'm assuming you have too because you share that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? One, one other thought. What's keeping us from God's presence? Unforgiveness. What was the other one? Past hurt. That's really good. Yeah, there are a lot of reasons that keep us from accessing his presence daily. So I don't say that, you know, lightly in terms of why aren't you guys doing that? Because I struggle with that at times, and I find from week to week, one week I can just feel like on this mountaintop where everything's just clicking, and the next week I'll have something happen, and it's just, I'm struggling to just get alone with God. It's like, oh, you know, it's just like fighting, hitting my head against the wall. Some of the things that keep me from encountering his presence are busyness. Someone shared that a minute ago. Busyness is something that if I'm not careful, keeps me focused on everything else except encountering God's presence. And as you guys know, when life gets busy and you have five to ten kids like we have, and it doesn't matter if you have one, you could have one or no kids, but just wherever you're at in life, it's just there's always something, right, that can occupy your time. And for some reason, sometimes sitting in the presence of God or spending time with him just seems like, oh, it seems boring. But it's like we have to remember back to those times where we've sat in his presence, we realize it was a game changer. And if we've never experienced his presence, then I'm telling you, today is the day for you. Apathy. Sometimes apathy gets in the way for me. A lack of concern. Just kind of like a, eh. I just feel like sitting on the couch and watching another football game. Isn't two football games enough on a Sunday? You know what I mean? This is me, guys. I'm not talking about you. Apathy. Another thing for me is the pursuit of dreams or desires in my life or hobbies, but the pursuit of something that we're running after. I know for many years, this has become a little easier for me now but for many years, even our years being married, man, the pursuit of like becoming a pastor, it just consumed my time. And it actually consumed something that was designed to be a good thing actually consumed me so that I didn't encounter the very one I was trying to get a job for. Does that make sense? I don't consider it a job, but you know what I'm saying. Sometimes the pursuit of our dreams or our careers or relationship or education Sometimes those things in our lives keep us from experiencing his presence today. And we can put God on hold saying, later, later. Let me figure this out first and then we'll talk. And I think the last thing that I've found that keeps me from experiencing God's presence is a lack of understanding of who God is or how he views me. So a couple of you shared some thoughts about that and 
What I mean by that is if I have a misunderstanding of who God says I am, why would I want to spend time with him? If I view God as this far off, removed, grumpy father who's always disappointed with me, always pushing back at me, I don't want to spend time with him, right? It's just like if any of us grew up with a father or mother who is so grumpy, it's like, we don't even want to be around them. That's not fun. So depending on how I view God is going to depend, you know, determine how I want to spend time with him. And so the reality is, as I've encountered him more and as I realize the truth of his word is in fact true, what, what is written here is actually in fact true about Father God, it changes my perspective of who I'm serving and how I want to spend time. Does that make sense? Our view of God, our understanding of his goodness will determine if we're going to spend time with him. And the cool thing about that is, guys, you can take that one to the bank. If you're struggling, you're like, God, sometimes I just feel like you're always pushing back. I don't know if I have a, you know, an accurate understanding of your goodness. Ask him to show you. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't wait years of your life. Just say, God, show me. I feel like my understanding of you is unclear. What I read here, I get that, but sometimes it doesn't make sense to me. I don't necessarily believe it. You're not going to wow God or hurt his feelings by being honest. I've had it many times, but God... I think you're always, you're taking my fun. You know, when I was 21 years old and he told me to give up bow hunting for a season of my life because it was my God, it was tough. I had to have some tough conversations. He won, but we had a conversation. And in the end, he helped me to see his viewpoint in a way that helped me to see his goodness rather than him just being this grumpy father who wants to take away my hobby that I so much loved. Does that make sense? We had a cool situation happen just a week or two ago. So one of the things that we teach our college students is, is that the power, of, the presence of God has the ability and the power to change our circumstances today and our lives today. And so a couple weeks ago at Chi Alpha, one of our freshman students named Liv was in the service and she'd been having knee pains to the point where she was going to physical therapist twice a week to have him work on it. She's very athletic and... Um, one of our services, Sheena came up and said, can I just share something the Lord's put on my heart? I believe it's for someone tonight. And so she was obedient and did that. And it was that God wanted to heal someone with knee pain. So like five individuals came up, praised the Lord, and she prayed over them. And later that week, she let us know that her knee was feeling better. And it was to the point where she's like, I think it's healed. You know, she was like doubting herself. We later found out that she was doubting, like she didn't want to come up to have Sheena pray over. She's like, nah, I'm sure that's not for me. I'm sure that's not God wanting to heal my leg. And she's like a godly young woman who knows that God wants to heal, but she was even doubting that. And so she went into her next appointment the next week, and she's like, doctor, doctor, whoever, I don't know the name, I don't have any more pain. And the doctor's like, well, let's check it out, you know. And so they start checking it out, and it's like, okay, you didn't have that movement last week. She had to do a burpee. I think she said the burpee is something she couldn't do, and she's doing a burpee. She's like, wow, okay. And the doctor had seen the week before what she could not do. And so the doctor started seeing that, like, her knee it does look healed. She's like, what have you been doing? And it was sweet. She's like, praying. <laughs> and she said the doctor had the most puzzled look on their face. And so the doctor proceeded to put her through an NFL boot camp, training camp, 
to determine whether what was happening was real or not. So she said for the next, I can't remember how long, she made her in, I, I'm trying to imagine a doctor's office or if it's a hallway, but she was having to run, she was having to do squats, she was having to do all these things. And she said by the time this appointment was over, which is normally not a very stressful time, she said she was sweating because the doctor made her do all these things to, to really see if her knee was in fact healed. So the doctor ended the conversation by, well, let's see, let's go home. We'll see what it looks like next week. She's like, okay, exhausted. It wasn't meant to be an exhausting appointment. Came back next week and the doctor said, you're completely fine. You don't have to come back every other day, you know, twice a week anymore. It's, it's. And she just praised God right there in the office and she said the lady didn't know what to say, but it was so cool because the presence of God, the power of God changed her circumstances today. It wasn't just something she heard others talk about. Liv was obedient to something that Sheena was obedient to share and allowed God to bring change to her circumstance today because of his presence. Come on, guys, let's get excited. Like, that's, that's awesome, whether it's physical healing, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's relational. He wants to bring change to our situations today. So, guys... I think I'll say it's nicely, but I'm speaking to myself, so I'm going to say it. Let's stop wasting our VIP access. Literally, we've been given VIP access to the creator of heaven and earth. Let's stop wasting it. Let's stop waiting for the next Sunday morning service. Let's stop waiting for the next retreat. Let's start accessing it daily. Guys, our lives depend on our, our families depend on it. So this morning, whatever we're going through, whatever you're going through, the presence of, the presence of God is the answer. I'm not going to overcomplicate it. You don't have to spin around three times, jump on one leg, and God's going to bring change. Just get, get with God. I, I can't make it any more complicated than that. What I found in my own life is the times that I actually sit in his presence, the truth of God's word is less muddy and it just makes sense and it's clear the principles in his word actually make sense to actually bring about change to my life. When I'm sitting and I hear the Holy Spirit speak to my heart, it's the most encouraging thing I've heard in weeks. When the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, I, I made you, I created you. When Father God says, I see who you are, Kyle, you're good enough. That's better than what social media could say I am or what anyone's opinions about me could ever define me as. When you hear the creator of heaven and earth speaking to you, it's a game changer, guys. And he does that through the Holy Spirit. I haven't heard the audible voice of God, but the Holy Spirit impresses on my heart who I am in Christ. And when that happens, guys, it's a game changer. And he wants that for each of us. So since I'm a college pastor, I hear a lot about homework, right? College students have a lot of homework. That's what they do. They're learning, being educated. And so I'm going to give you guys some homework. It's only fitting. Now, I know you guys came this morning, and if you're a guest, you're like, I didn't come to get homework. This is, this is good homework. This is good. This is good for your soul. So don't, don't not turn this in. This you have to turn into the creator, not me. So it's between you and him. What would it look like starting tomorrow morning, Monday morning? Mondays can be rough, right? Mondays sometimes are just a drag. But what would it look like if on Monday morning we tuned in to the creator of heaven and earth, to Father God. Before we started our day, before we got busy, before we went to work, before we dropped the kids off, before the kids start running around 
make a noise before I've had my coffee, Lord bless them. They don't know what they do, Father. Before we get busy, let's start our Monday off by spending time in his presence. Can we do that? Is that too difficult a homework assignment? You don't have to turn it in. But let's see what happens in our day when the presence of God has the ability to change our circumstances, when we allow it to, when we actually flip on that radio switch and tune in to the station God's at and we say, okay, God, I want to hear from you. Because guys, like it or not, we have all sorts of, you know, all sorts of things coming at us every day. There's all sorts of things speaking to us. And if we don't start tuning in to Father God more, guess who we're listening to? So he's just waiting for us, guys. It's so cool. He's just waiting for you and I to tune in every single day saying, Kyle, this is what I have in store for you today. Michael, this is what I've got for you today. Connie, this is what I've got for you today. Roger, this is who I say you are today. Dorothy, this is who I say you are today. And can I tell you guys, that's a game changer when you start your Monday saying, I'm a child of God. Like, I know who I am. It's a lot less likely that the world's going to dictate then the way we see ourselves. Paige, would you come up with the band, please? I'm going to have Aaron turn down the lights, if you would. So I'm not turning down lights to evoke an emotional response. The reason why I'm having him turn down lights is because sometimes it's difficult when we just have distractions or we think people can see us. There's something about when we feel like we can kind of just huddle with God. You know what I'm saying? We don't feel like our world is on display. So we're going to take a couple minutes this morning to just allow God's presence to speak to us. And if that's new for you, if, if that's new and you're like, what does it even mean to sit in his presence? It just means sitting. You, some of you might want to worship. Some of you might want to pray. Some of you might just want to sit in silence and allow the Holy Spirit to speak for you, to you. Sorry. Some of you might be like, it's been weeks since I've actually just taken time to quiet myself down to listen. Joe talked about it a couple weeks ago, how it's so good for our soul, good for our soul just to sit and listen. And when we can quiet ourselves enough to sit and listen, then we tune in to what God's saying. Guys, what would our weeks look like what would our weeks look like if we pursued God with the same tenacity that we pursued our careers? What would it look like if we pursued God with the same tenacity that we pursued relationships? What would it look like for our lives if we pursued God with the same tenacity that we pursued our educations? When I say pursued, I'm not talking about us working up some good works thing. I'm just talking about us actually just being, just slowing down and being with God. Would you close your eyes for a moment? I just want to pray over you. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information about LifePoint Church, please visit www.livethemessage.org.